Welcome to the Christ Overall Podcast. My name is David Schrock, and today I have the pleasure of introducing historical theologian, philosopher, churchman, and all-around good guy, Bradley J. Green. Dr. Green is professor of theological studies at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, and is professor of philosophy and theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He is the author of several articles and books, including The Gospel and the Mind, Recovering and Shaping the Intellectual Life, Covenant and Commandment, Works, Obedience, and Faithfulness in the Christian Life, and Augustine, His Life and Impact. Dr. Green is also a member of First Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee, where he works with the college students. I got to know Brad Green last year as Christ Overall was getting started. Brad is one of our founding members and a brother whose erudition and love for the church is evident as soon as you meet him. So I'm excited for you to listen to his long-form article, A Christian Manifesto Revisited. In this piece, Brad introduces us to Francis Schaeffer's 1981 book by the same title, A Christian Manifesto. This month, Christ Overall will examine this prescient work to see what Schaeffer said during the early 1980s and to learn from him how we can be faithful Christian witnesses in our day. This month also, Crossway has graciously offered a free PDF of a Christian manifesto. You can find it on the homepage of Christ Overall. And I would encourage you to read it online or in print. At the same time, we'll offer a chapter-by-chapter analysis of Schaefer's book throughout the month, starting with Dr. Green's introduction. So, without any more prefatory remarks, I'll turn it over to Dr. Green and let him introduce you to Francis Schaefer and his timeless book, A Christian Manifesto. A Christian Manifesto Revisited, written and read by Bradley G. Green. Introduction. Francis Schaeffer wrote A Christian Manifesto in 1981, three years before he died in 1984. Other articles in this month's theme of Christ overall will look more at his biography and offer analyses of each chapter of this important book. But it is worth reflecting in general on this work, the cultural moment in which it was published, and finally on our own cultural moment. In 1981, Ronald Reagan had been in office for less than a year. The Supreme Court had ruled on Roe v. Wade some eight years prior in 1973. The United States had also pulled out of Vietnam in 1973. Schaefer had begun first publishing in 68 when two of his books came out, Escape from Reason and The God Who Is There. Schaefer would ultimately write 23 books, with the Christian Manifesto being one of his final works. He had covered a lot of ground from 1968 to 1981, and the Christian Manifesto and other books written toward his final years often had explicitly cultural and political edge to them. For example, how should we then live, and whatever happened to the human race. A Christian Manifesto when it was written. Schaefer once spoke of Christ being Lord of all life, or that the Christian must work out one's Christian faith in all spheres of life. Hence, it was inevitable that Schaefer's sights would turn to a work of what nowadays might be called political theology. Schaefer himself saw a Christian manifesto as a natural outgrowth of the books which have gone before. Schaefer would write, quote, With the most recent books and their accompanying film series, How Should We Then Live?, I and all of us working together on these carried the Lordship of Christ in the whole spectrum of life further, end quote. And as Schaefer noted, 
The next logical step was to ask, quote, what is the Christian's relationship to government, law, and civil disobedience, end quote. Several key concerns seem to be at the heart of Schaefer's volume. First, Schaefer was passionately committed to the pro-life cause and was clear-sighted in his lament over legalized abortion in the United States. Second, Schaefer rightly saw that the United States had for a number of years been secularizing rapidly and that the various branches of civil government had become increasingly hostile to the Christian faith. In this sense, he was warning some 40 years ago about the very thing someone like Rod Dreyer writes about today, soft or not-so-soft totalitarianism that creeps into greater power. Schaefer saw the root of his problem as a worldview shift that had taken place over eight decades beginning in the 1900s. He posited that there had been a shift from a generally Christian understanding of God, man, and the world to what he at numerous times called a worldview based on upon the idea that the final reality is impersonal, matter or energy, shaped into its present form by impersonal chance. In short, the worldview shift went from a somewhat Christian understanding of things to a type of what we might call today naturalistic materialism. As Schaefer saw it, Christians had erred in viewing one's Christian faith as only touching spiritual realities. Schaefer thought that this version of pietism, as he called it, effectively sequestered a full application of the lordship of Christ to every area of life. According to Schaefer, quote, true spirituality covers all of reality, end quote. As Schaefer would contend, when I say Christianity is true, I mean it is true to total reality. The total of what is, beginning with the central reality, the objective existence of the personal infinite God. Christianity is not just a series of truths, but truth, capital T, truth about all of reality. Over against this, naturalism or materialism sees the world quite differently, and this different worldview works itself out over time in every realm, relations, vocation, morality, and political order. A Christian Manifesto Today when one rereads a Christian manifesto today, some 40 years and on, it seems prescient. Schaefer saw clearly that the United States was in a perilous place, and he clearly saw what Richard M. Weaver had written about 30 years before that, that ideas have consequences. In one sense, Schaefer was simply pointing out the obvious, the fundamental ideas, convictions, and principles which are at the heart of a culture have a way of working themselves out over time. Let the reader understand. Schaefer painted in broad strokes, and perhaps this is why so many persons were influenced by him. That is, Schaefer as a Christian manifesto is not a piece of technical scholarship. It is a Jeremiad, but it is more than this. It is a plea for Christians to read the signs of the times and to think through how the Lordship of Christ might be lived out in the present. Perhaps most controversially, Schaefer asked a fundamental question, what is an adequate basis for law? And Schaefer here contrasts the two worldviews which are central to the work, a generally Christian understanding of reality and a naturalistic or materialistic understanding of reality. Schaefer starts with the affirmation that man is made in the image of God, which is perhaps one of Christianity's most stunning contributions to the development of Western culture and statecraft. Man, as made in the image of God, has inherent value, regardless of one's contributions to the economy, one's physical 
attractiveness, one's strengths, or one's various gifts. But Schaefer goes on to, to outline and delineate throughout this work that in Christian theology, the civil magistrate has a limited and derivative authority. Again, one of Christianity's most significant insights and contributions to political thought and order. That is, since this world is created, sustained, and ruled by God, all earthly political authority is limited and derivative. Political rulers are answerable and accountable to God. And Schaefer was not shy about working this out a bit. Where does all of this theology lead? He writes, quote, The base for law is not divided, and no one has the right to place anything, including king, state, or church, above the content of God's law. End quote. Schaefer does not explicate in detail how scripture would or should function to inform contemporary statecraft. His point, for good or for ill, is more basic. The civil magistrate is accountable to God, and the Christian is not obligated to obey the civil magistrate when the magistrate commands disobedience to God's word or forbids obedience to God's word. In short, Schaeffer was trying to outline, if in a cursory manner, a Christian paradigm for how to relate to civil rulers, especially when the civil ruler has become not just ambivalent, but hostile to Christian belief and practice. Although various critics have argued that Schaefer missed this or that scholarly detail, it seems that one of Schaefer's contributions to the evangelical world was influencing evangelicals to think in these terms of architectonic, big-picture, worldview ways. In fact, this is how Schaefer begins the first chapter. The basic problem of the Christians in this country in the last 80 years or so 1900 to 1980, in regard to society and in regard to government, is that they have seen things in bits and pieces instead of totals. For Rusty Christ overall, this comprehensive view of God's world is a good legacy and not one to be abandoned. Our purpose this month is not simply to repristinate a 40-year-old book. Instead, we must dust it off in order to learn afresh from Schaefer. Even more, we hope to extend and improve, if possible, his various attempts at both understanding and engaging culture. Reflections on a significant work. At one level, the key overarching argument of the book is strikingly simple. The civil magistrate has a real but limited and derivative authority. Christians are called to be good citizens, but this citizenship requires, in faithfulness to the Lord Jesus himself, that we at times disobey the civil government, given its limited and derivative authority, and given that the Christian's ultimate loyalty must be to God himself as he has spoken in Holy Writ. In one sense, this is the most basic of Christian teaching. It should not have really shocked anyone at the time of its publication, and certainly it should not shock anyone today. There is much to be appreciated in Schaefer's work. Forty years on from its original publication, it is past time for Christians to be thinking on the important subject of how to live godly lives when our culture despisers and many of the intellectual elite, whether the centers of entertainment, education, business, or political life, are arrayed against the most basic of Christian belief and ethics. Doubtless future monthly themes of Christ overall We'll explore these and other subjects, but again, our goal is not to repristinate, but to learn and move forward. A significant criticism. But we should note a significant criticism levied against the book upon its publication. Barry Hankins, 
in his Francis Schaeffer and the Shaping of Evangelical America, recounts a line of criticism articulated by George Marsden and Mark Knoll. Essentially, Marsden and Knoll argued that Schaeffer was wrong to posit that America had been founded on a biblical base, that there had ever been a Christian America. But Schaeffer's general thesis does not rise or fall upon the premise that the United States had a truly or fully biblical founding. Schaefer does see a shift from, one, a more or less biblical theistic framework, to, two, an increasingly naturalistic, secularistic framework. But even if it were to be shown that America never had a significantly biblical outlook or framework at its founding, Schaefer's concern about the naturalistic or secularistic cast of his day would stand. Indeed, a different essay could explore the Christian influence upon America's founding. As a young man, I purchased The Search for Christian America by Mark Knoll, Nathan Hatch, and George Marsden. It was published two years after Schaefer's A Christian Manifesto, and it argued against the notion of a Christian America, in a sense. As I return to it now, I am intrigued. In some ways, their critique of Schaefer is rather mild, and the more acute criticisms of Schaefer are at the level of historical detail. The authors can even write, quote, virtually every recent study of the ideological origins of the American Revolution has pointed out the pervasive influence of generally Christian political traditions, end quote. Likewise, quote, certainly the Judeo-Christian heritage was an important influence, as we've already seen, during the revolutionary period, end quote. The target of Noel Hatch and Marsden seems really to have been a simplistic notion that the USA is simply the new Israel or the like. But Schaefer's notion of a disappearing, what he calls Christian consensus, seems to stand up to scrutiny. But it is worth noting that Noel Marsden and Hatch were not simply making historical argument about the views and theological commitments, or lack thereof, of America's founders. They were also arguing something about the nature of political order itself. Thus they summarize two key reasons why they are skeptical about talk of returning to a Christian America. First, for theological reasons, because since the time of Christ, there is no such thing as God's chosen nation. And second, for historical reasons, as we have seen, because it is historically incorrect to regard the founding of America and the formulation of the founding documents as being Christian in their origin. Now, the first reason is important, and it will be part of the work of Christ overall, to ask serious and meaningful questions about the role of and relationship between statecraft and the Christian faith. To simply say, as Noel Morrison and Hatch do, that no contemporary nation is, quote, God's chosen nation, end quote, perhaps is too easy to say, and allows one, unwittingly, perhaps, to sidestep the really important question, how then should we live both as people and as a nation? Francis Schaeffer today, a few reflections. For many of us evangelicals who came of, of intellectual or spiritual age in the 70s and 80s, like myself, Schaeffer was significant to us. When one rereads some 
his work from the end of his career, like a Christian manifesto, we see the culmination of many years of theological and philosophical reflection, all with an eye on how best to live faithfully in the present. In what follows, I share a few reflections on how a Christian manifesto has aged and its possible significance today. First, I wonder if Schaefer necessarily probed deeply enough into the nature and significance of the contrast between believing thought and unbelieving thought. I believe he intended to, but sometimes I wonder, when Schaefer wrestled with the naturalistic and materialistic worldview, did he attend enough to the fact that such persons actually knew God through God's revelation through the created order, Romans 1, and were in fact suppressing such knowledge? When we read our culture despisers today, it seems clear that the such despisers often display, and not subtly, a deep animus and hostility to the things of God. That is, there is, it seems to me and at times, a virtually visceral hatred of the things of God. I wonder if Schaefer took into account the depth and nature of the resistance to and hatred of the things of God which animates the unbelieving world. Second, I wonder if Schaefer grasped how committed both major political parties were and are to the centralization of political power at the federal level. I simply don't really see this in Schaefer. Schaefer rightly laments what he calls statism. But did Schaefer grasp how far removed the United States was in 1981 from the decentralized system that lies at the heart of the U.S. Constitution? Do many people even grasp this dilemma today? As long as traditionalists of all stripes are unaware that the constitutional framework laid out in the U.S. Constitution has been effectively ignored for decades, in my reading at least, the attempt to grasp the nature of our dilemma today will be largely a non-starter. Third, I suspect that some of Schaefer's own insights explain why we are why we are in a particularly precarious time today. A number of Schaeffer's later works ex express grave concern about the nature of the evangelical church. The church at the end of the 20th century, the church before the watching world, and the great evangelical disaster particularly come to mind. I broach this as a concern for the church not to be unduly cynical, Indeed, any Christian, since we believe in the reality of the resurrection, believes God can reform and revise his church. In short, as we reflect upon Schaeffer's legacy, we should note the obvious. The church is utterly central to God's plan for the world, and we should think and act as to encourage and help promote reformation and revival in God's church. Fourth, it seems clear that a truly Christian and biblical theology of civil disobedience needs to be worked out in greater detail than Schaefer worked out. If a law seems unjust, are we free to disobey a law? If we see something in society that ostensibly is unfair or unjust, are we thereby entitled to break laws related to public order? Schaefer was measured and cautious and cannot be seen as recommending a kind of freewheeling breaking of the law. Rather, he was working with the very basic and traditional Christian affirmation. When one, the civil magistrate commands disobedience to God's word, or two, disallows obedience to God's word, the Christian is entitled to disobey 
the civil magistrate. Schaefer did not broach, as I recall, a third situation when a civil magistrate simply acts outside of its jurisdiction or beyond the authority granted to it. In our current cultural moment, amidst especially highly pitched rhetoric, we need to work out when it is acceptable to engage in civil disobedience and when it is wiser to simply persevere in less than ideal situations. Fifth, and lastly, we should seek to extend Schaefer's legacy in a particular way. Schaefer was not afraid to speak the truth and to do so with love. This should be our model too. In particular, when I read Schaefer, I read a man who is willing to speak clearly and candidly and to let the chips fall where they may. As I look out upon our cultural moment today, that is the kind of person we need more and more of. We hope to be those kind of voices at Christ overall and to encourage others to do the same. What is our manifesto? Like Schaefer, we hope to speak truthfully, forthrightly, candidly, and fairly, and to do so with the love and grace. Our cultural moment and our Lord calls for no less.